Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You know what I realized? We are T-rash. Trash, if you're one of the other grandbabies that need it spelled out. When it comes to just trusting, ultimately trusting God. Like no double doubting mindsets, nothing that makes you feel like, well, maybe he forgot about me. Maybe that I didn't hear him correctly. Maybe this wasn't the path I was supposed to go on. Maybe I'm just, I don't know, just maybe I'm in sin. Maybe I did something. Maybe God's mad at me. And it's like, ma'am, sir, <laughs> relax. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. His, he's consistent. He's stable. He is E all the above. His ways are beyond what we could ever think or imagine. He does some things that may kind of make us go, I'm sorry, what? But he's definitely going to be the alpha and omega at all times. He's definitely going to be omnipresent. He's definitely going to be the savior of the, of his children. He's definitely going to be Abba father. He's definitely going to be a good good father he's definitely never ever going to see the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread so I don't care what your circumstance is I don't care what you're currently going through I don't care what you're observing or believing for someone else God is God and he's never stopped being God he don't need your help he doesn't need a Holy Spirit junior junior you can go ahead and stop hovering over him he knows what he's doing he's been doing this before you even stepped on the scene just to be honest he has it all together even if you don't understand how he's putting it together even if and it's just I have been seeing a common theme that God has been surfacing and having even myself dissect like wait a minute because honestly the reason why I feel like he has us go back to the living word is because bruh nothing is new under the sun. Everything. It's like, you think you struggled with something? Go read the Bible. You'll see that somebody else struggled with it. You'll see that there's a promise that is directly correlated with it. You will see like, oh, he spoke on this matter. Oh, such and such felt this. And it's like, at this point, just go back as a reference to say, who dealt with this same issue or what promise covers this issue. And let's just wait on God to do what God does best, which is lead, guide, comfort, do all the things through the Holy Spirit. Like it really is that simple. We are T-rash, trash for the other grandbabies, when it comes to just simply just reclining. We make things confusing. We convolute things. We make it cloudy. And it's like that is not of God. God is revelation. God is clarity. God is eureka. God is is, oh, I heard you. He is not this mysterious God that you got to learn a whole different language just to dissect the simplicity of what he's trying to tell you. That is not the God that we serve. And I've been noticing that the, the scriptures that I've been coming across, it kind of is leading or has a common theme. And it's like, we don't trust God's response times. 
We feel like, bro, why didn't you do this sooner? How come you didn't wait until? It's all these different things. It's like, on one hand, you have the disciples in the boat like, bro, don't you care? Because he didn't get up early enough. He didn't go ahead and get up from his particular nap and say, um, oh, okay, well, I see that y'all in some type of danger. So let me go ahead and break my nap and just really go ahead and, and, and save y'all because y'all starting to panic. And if I don't respond, dare, if I I don't respond when you want me to respond, then you'll go ahead and question if I care. Then you'll have Abraham and Sarah who he's like, yo, y'all going to go ahead and have a kid about a year from now, blah, blah, blah. And they laugh like how we too old, sir. You waited too long to go ahead and try to give us anything at this point. He's a hundred. She's 90. Like, I'm sorry. Why did you wait until this late to do a thing? Then you have a, a, a Mary who thank God that she wasn't in doubt at all, but she still had to go ahead and give a human response. Like I'm getting ready to be pregnant with the Messiah. How is this possible? And I know not a man, AKA this is really early. God, I, you, you came on the scene before. I mean, I'm engaged. You didn't even wait till like the first month or the first week of marriage. Like if you came to me within the first week of marriage, I would have been like, oh, okay, because we consummated. But the fact that you're coming to me so early, Makes me go, well, how could this be? And so I realized it don't matter if he waits a long time. It doesn't matter if he comes too early to the scene or give us the instruction. It doesn't matter if he is. We have judged God's timing and his response time forevermore. And I'm like, yo, honestly, I feel bad. I'm going to go ahead and do it openly. I repent myself. I repent, Lord. I rebuke myself. Because I definitely had a time that I was like, dang, God, how come you didn't give me this bright idea before I started on, you know, the undergrad and the grad? Like, how come you, you didn't do this before we got the house? How come you didn't do it? And I'm actually having the audacity, the goal, if you will, to look over my life and say, oh, I if I were you, Lord, I would have did it here. I would have did it there. And then we go the extra mile of once we're actually walking in our purpose and in the promises of God, we look at it like we should have had it by now. I listen, I don't know how God does it because this is enough to be like smite thee. Okay. Because what y'all not going to keep doing is keep questioning me, keep pressuring me, keep making me feel like, Oh, I don't care about y'all. Like y'all have no idea what I'm putting up against. Y'all have no idea the things that I'm rescuing you from the danger seen and unseen. You have no idea how I'm orchestrating a thing to be the real, like, wow, I'm not just going to dollar tree to just go ahead and just give you something flimsy. That's going to break in a couple of uses. I'm actually going like deep into this thing. I'm making sure that I make something that is everlasting. I'm making sure that I have it where it actually turns your faith into people who are surrounding you. Like I want to change your belief system, but I can't just do that with quickness, with microwavable situations. I'm really going to have to roll up my sleeves and dig into some things, put some ingredients together that you can't just buy at your local markets. I'm going to have to have some stuff flown in. I'm going to have to have some stuff some people go far to go get what I'm getting for you because this thing that I'm giving to you, it needs to bring you and the others who are watching you and surrounding you to a whole nother level belief wise. 
Because if God cannot change the way that you believe, then God cannot, he can't bring you to where he destines for you to be. Wasn't that the whole issue with the Israelites? They would not change their belief system. They literally did not come off of the gauge of, bruh, it was better to be in Egypt. And you believe that after seeing the Red Sea split, you believe that after seeing what he did to Pharaoh, you believe that after he went ahead and let it rain manna, you believe that after you seen the plagues and all the other different things that he did, it didn't matter what God did, how he did it, or how often he was able to show you I'm reliable. Y'all, y'all don't even need no new clothes. Y'all have not starved yet. I'm making sure that you get in water from rocks and all types of things. I'm doing things things for you I never did for no one else ever recorded but yet he could not change their mindset and their belief system from it was better to be in Egypt why because Moses took too long to come off of the mount because you felt like ah, you know what there's no meat here so we might as well go back to it, it it was all these other different things but it's still if you were to look at it at its lowest common denominator it still has something to do with God's response time 400 years was way too long for him to go ahead and answer your prayer. But the way that he answered it with such magnitude to the point that we still talking about how he rescued y'all. Like, I just want to go ahead and, uh, okay, just give y'all a shout out of prayer. Uh, we're still talking about that. He did it in such a miraculous way that it's like that didn't do anything to shift your belief system. That didn't do anything to shift your perspective. And when you cannot shift your perspective or your beliefs, you will not have the world and the worldview that God wanted for you to have their framework was it was better to be in Egypt it didn't matter what God did he could not shift their framework so that was their perspective that was their belief system and that was ultimately the world that they had to die in because if he can't bring you out of it who can if all that he's done can't bring you out of it then what will and I'm I'm starting to see a trend and and I'm not gonna hold you I felt um convicted that we need to be a little bit more like Noah. I was thinking about the him from the last conversation that we had. And I was like, yo, buddy built the ark. Didn't ask him time frame. Didn't ask when is all this going to happen? How long is this going to take me to build? Do I need to go ahead and like how often do I, buddy just said, I'm going to build this into completion period. No questions, no follow-ups, no, Hey, wait, just a quick reminder on uh, God. You did say a, B and C, right? The only time that the Bible references Noah is not him speaking after God told him the instruction. It was simply, and Noah did as God commanded. Oh, yeah. Noah didn't have no rebuttal. Noah didn't have no bright idea to make it quicker to go ahead and bring this to fruition in a different way. Hey God, I was kind of thinking if I can build two boats, you know, one for the animals and all that. Cause I ain't going to hold you. I don't want to, I have a sensitive smell and I'm not really trying to do all that. So how come I can't do one boat over there and you know, I'll give them all the food and stuff that you say, and then I'll build another boat over here for the human beings. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, see, we just don't learn that bargaining with God and giving him your bright idea, you have no idea what God has to go through to even get you to just be obedient to a thing. You see the burning bush Moses situation and you're like, bruh, he really got to convince you that you're it. He's wasted. 
And that's the first time that I really understood and read when it said that um, God was angry with Moses. It was like, bro, I get it. Push him down on the side of the road. Let uh, let him be coming around the mountain when he comes. Let him go ahead and taste some of this rubble on the way back down. And wouldn't nobody really miss him no way? Uh, you know, who knows? And, uh, you know, praise God that I'm not God because I got angry too. I was like, how many things he got to show you? He done showed you the staff turning into the serpent. He done showed you, you know, your hand turning white and you having this skin disease, rebuking the name of Jesus. He done show. It's like, and then he gave you the extra like, yo, and if they still don't believe you, go ahead and take some water from the now and turn to, he's giving you all the comfort that you need because he's telling you what to do when you get there. And you still like, but what about my speaking? Like, oh my gosh, bro. God, I ain't going to hold you. I'm irritated too. You want me to push him down? Y'all just bump him a little something. He already old. He walking around with a with a staff anyway. I'll just give him a little bump, little shoulder situation, and then he oops, and then you know with with the sandal and the and the lack of the grip thereof, uh, he'll go tumbling down. Cause I'm over him too. I'm not even gonna hold you. Amazing, <laughs> but it still is this thing that we have to get over of like, yo, can we just get to a place that we ultimately just say, God, what, however long it takes whatever you want to do through me, whenever you decide and choose to do so through me, whatever you want to add to my life, whatever you want to remove from my life. Because at this point, I'm spiritually sound and mature enough to understand the art of pruning. You're not pruning me because I did something wrong. You're pruning me because I'm either producing fruit and you want me to produce more of it, or I'm not producing enough fruit. And you're like, well, this will go ahead and be the catalyst to you growing fruit in this area. And so it's either grow or grow, but pruning is the way that you decided to do so. And I'm cool with it. However you want to do it, God. I spent my career here, but you're like, yo, I need you over there. Just cool. And I had to write this down to myself. I said, earth is the place that you do God's work. Heaven is the place that you truly spend all your days with God. I think we get it twisted. I think we think, oh, when we go to heaven, that's when we're going to do God's work. And then down here, we need to go ahead and just, you know, spend a little bit of time with God, but then go ahead and do all the things that bring us happiness and fulfillment. And it's like, I'm sorry, you have breath in your lungs and you had another chance to see this thing called life another day because God is banking on you to do something that he placed in your heart and purpose for you and only you to do this whole thing literally is a mission. He has set you on a mission from the time that you were birthed, all the experiences and things that you went ahead and had done to you and for you in your life. Wasn't things to keep you down. Wasn't it's two different paths. Literally God has a purpose for you. The enemy's trying to get you as far away from it as he can, because he understands the power that you have. He understands that if you break free and truly understand yourself and how God is leading you to a thing that yeah, you will be a problem for him. So he tries to go ahead and get people as seeds before they even turn into the oak trees that they have they're going to be later on in their lives because he's like listen once you get to the oak I can't do nothing with you but I can go ahead and dig up these seeds I can have the worms do some stuff to this small fruit I can go ahead and try to persuade it and distract it and do all the things because he cannot take it from you but if he gets in your mind early enough if he gets into your 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 self-esteem early enough if he gets into 
your circle group early enough, if he goes ahead and corrodes you and your family early enough, the point of the matter is how fast and how early can I get to them so that they can be distracted from what God has? And that's a word right there. What the enemy tries to do is quick, it's fast, it's hurry up. What God tries to do is slow to speak. It's slow responses. There's some immediacy when it comes to healing and things of that nature. But ultimately, when God does a thing, he doesn't create the whole entire world, the heavens and the earth and everything in it in 30 minutes. He takes it day by day to show you I could rush, but I choose not to. Because it's not just you completing a thing. It's you enjoying it. It's you understanding why this process took this long. Oh, you know what, God, this is amazing. You don't go from, yo, I'm pregnant to, oh, it's a fill in the blank to like, oh, okay, she gave birth. Like, oh, okay. And one day, there's a, he, like, even if you look at the way that pregnancy is set up, it's a preparation in that. Give you some time to think of a name. Give you some time to kind of come up with a color scheme. Give you some time to get used to your body, you know, changing and altering and doing all the things. Like, listen, fast is not of God. It really isn't. Thorough, effective, everlasting is all God. And I think we truly need to, yo, anything that's fast, quick money, fast relationships, fast food, (laughs) like eat all the above, anything that's fast, I want you to start to be like, "Mm, be a little suspicious. You don't find that suspicious? Be suspicious in that area. Because God is a God that, he didn't just say like, yo, Jesus, go down, and um, I want you to literally go on the earth as 30, so that as soon as you hit ground, you Go ahead and start your ministry. You just do the three years and you come back real quick because I don't want to spend 30 years without you. But God is like, no, go through the process. So that later on when they're reading about you, they're like, yeah, but he came down perfected, only stayed three years and then went back up. Like, no, I want people to have no excuse. I want people to literally know that you went through adolescence, you went through puberty, you went through people talking about you, you went through the awkward stage, you went through the betrayal of friendships, Judas, you went through people not really believing you, you looked at, you went through people looking at where you were from, Nazareth, and asking, does anything good come from there? You went through not really having parents who had all the money, you went through, like, bro, you name it, he went through it, now what? Now what's your excuse? That's why he can be your savior, because he literally experienced any and everything you could have ever experienced. Like try him. And that's coming from the Lord. It's not even coming from me. So don't look at me that way. But when I was going into deep thought about this, as you've seen that it was, it's really been a little low key triggering. And if I'm honest, a little bit corrective, I no longer take correction to the point that I'm like, man, I had it wrong all this time. And ah, that's of the devil. I don't do condemnation. I understand that God is against that. But when I get a little bit of clarity, in the form of conviction, I said, oh my goodness, I wonder how many other people probably thought of it this way. Hey, I love the fact that God loves me enough to correct me in this season and say, hey, you've been kind of, I just want you to, you know, sharpen this real quick. Okay, cool. My number pencil was getting dull. I ain't gonna hold you. Okay, so let me go ahead and sharpen that. And I'm okay with God using me in that way. However he wants to use me, whenever he wants to use me, I'm just, I'm here for the Lord. That's just the space that I'm in. I'm not even gonna hold you. But what got my attention was John 11. 
I said, well, 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 what do we have here? Somebody else looking at the fact that we just keep getting it wrong when it comes to God's response time. It's like, my goodness, you understand? John 11, you know, I read in the NOT version. Let's go ahead. and It's not a long chapter, so don't get nervous, but I'm going to go ahead and just read the first 16 verses. Verse 1, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Two, this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. Three, repeat that. Three, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Four, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. Five, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Seven, finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Eight, but his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Nine. Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. Ten. But at night, there is a danger of stumbling because they have no light. Eleven. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. Twelve. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. 13. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. 14. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 15. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. 16. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. Pause. Um, first of all, <laughs> it is so evident that, listen, I don't care if they were over there 2000 some odd years ago, we are all still the same kind of grandbabies. It is almost a little bit embarrassing. Like I'm tilting my head a little bit like, Oh, are they looking at us? Because I'm looking at y'all and we look the same. I ain't going to hold you. It's a couple of things that I got from that one. Uh, we don't understand his methods. We don't, we, we will never, and we just need to relax and recline in that. I will never understand your methods, <laughs> but I just got to trust that it's good. How do I know that they, from beginning of time, we didn't understand his methods. We ain't even going to talk about Adam and Eve, but just in John 11, they were like, uh, buddy, why would you go back? Knowing that them folks had them stones in their hands and they was going to throw it in your direction multiple times. Like, why are we even doing that? Why did you choose that place to go back to? Why are you going to choose to, like, you're going to go back and do that again? And it's like, bro, if he said that's how he was going to go, you thought that you asking the question, he was going to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I ain't going to, yeah, that was, <laughs> oops, Alina, a little slip in judgment real quick, a little collapse real quick. Okay, so let's go ahead. Maybe if we, like, no, your bright idea is not, if he said he was going to do it that way, then that's the way he's doing it, sirs and ma'ams. Like, wow. 
Rabbi, they said. Only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Is that not what he just said, Craig? Duh. <laughs> Thank you for having, um, you know, being a grandbaby with a good memory. But, like, um, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, that's what we're doing. So it's clear to me. Methods we ain't ever going to understand. Um, second thing, we don't understand when he speaks. He's like, oh, I'm going to go over there because Lazarus is taking a little meow, 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 meow. And they like, so if he sleep, like, he'll get back up. Eventually, he'll get better soon. It's like, he dead, sir. Like, oh. <clears throat> oh, that's what you, oh, I see what you, what you was trying to do. You was trying to soften the blow. Yeah, but y'all don't be getting it. Y'all don't be getting it. Y'all don't get it when I speak in parables. Y'all be like, oh. Hey, real quick, Jesus, what you meant? You you don't get it when I'm telling you at the Last Supper, like one of you is going to do A, B, and C, and the one to dip his bread is going to be the one. Y'all leaning over like, who, who you who you talking about? You talk, you talking about him? Me? Watch the one that dips the bread. Like, <laughs> I'm just, do you not understand when he be trying to speak? Like, it's like when you tell your friend, Hey, don't look, but, and then they look you like, sir, ma'am, like, really? I said, don't look, but y'all don't understand when we be trying to talk in code. You don't get it when we try to talk softly. You don't get it when, when Jesus is like, I, I don't want to alarm your emotion. I don't want to tell you like, you know, somebody yet again has surpassed, you know, the breathable state. I, I don't want to have y'all on a road where we're going on this mission and your emotions that are at an all time high. What I'm trying to do is just let you know, I have a reason to go back there. Even if it doesn't align with your method of how you thought I should have done it. Even if you don't understand, well, if he's sleeping, how come like, if I listen, just know that I have a reason to come back to this person. Just know that I have a purpose that has not been fulfilled yet. And so I need to go ahead and correct some things. Just know that I understand that I'm going to be against some stuff, but it's okay if it requires for me to go back to the purpose that is not being fulfilled the way God intended. Hmm. Third thing I got is, even after clarifying, we still set out on the mission with the wrong objective. Bruh, he tried to say it softly. Hey, listen, we're going to go back. Lazarus is sucking his thumb, okay? But why are we going back? If he, ugh, he has perished. Did you get it? Okay, you got that text message. It delivered because at this point, and even with the clarity, Verse 16 says, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. <laughs> you still don't get it. Huh? You're not having, you're not having the breakthrough that is needed. You don't, you don't understand it. I, Thomas, where were you? Were you asleep when he was given the clarity that was needed for the church? Oh. And and that was just a precursor of why I was like, that's why we mistake God's response time. Because there's so many different levels God has to break in order to get the truth to you. My goodness. And so I want to hone in on his response times and what it has nothing to do with. 
So the first thing is his response times has nothing to do with your stature. It's amazing to me that instead of just saying, hey, can somebody go tell Jesus that Lazarus, like, mm, he may want to know about the boy. So let me go ahead and just say, can you tell him that Lazarus has perished? Instead of Mary and Martha just giving that out, they tried to, you know, put a little bit of embellishment on the whole Lazarus thing. Almost like to say, if I just say Lazarus, maybe it won't move you. So I'm going to introduce this information in a way that will kind of provoke you to move God and move fast and move now and do all the things. Because look, look what happens. It literally says in verse three, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. You couldn't have just said, um, somebody tell God, uh, tell Jesus that Lazarus is, um, uh, it's not looking good. Yeah. He's perished. Could you not have just said, uh, we need him to come back and see about Lazarus because no, 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 I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to make it more emotional. I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, I'm going to say your dear friend is very sick. You Mary, Martha, baby, you didn't, you didn't have to do all that. Lazarus was important to him regardless. You want to know why? Because how I know, because when he was speaking to the disciples, he didn't say my very dear friend is ready. He was like, listen, um, Lazarus is dead. So we need to go back and see about him. He made it plain, but you thought if I go ahead and add some emotionality to this, if I go ahead and really make it where it's like, you know, just let me start pulling and tugging at the heartstrings. Because if I do that, then God would definitely move on my behalf. You know how I know that they were really set on pulling at his heartstrings to get him to respond quicker? Because later on in the verse, John 11, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Pause. I'm so, oh, so you thought quicker was going to be the uh, common denominator for the healing, the, the answered prayer, the, like if he would have, if he would have came to you, you know, before that job issue, if he would have came to you before you had that disdain about relationships, if he would have came, no, 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 he, God's healing or correction of a thing is not predicated on how you feel about it. You, you and start speaking to him plainly. <laughs> because I, I remember that woman that Elisha gave a, a son to in first Kings 17, 17, when she didn't just come to him and say like, yo, something happened to the baby. She was like the boy you gave me. Okay, ma'am, you didn't have, oh, so you thought that that was a sucker punch in the emotional realm. You just thought for sure, if I did that, then he would go ahead and 
Yeah, but guess what he did? He still was like, all right, well, let me send my servant to go see about him. And then she had to beg him. No, 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 no. I don't want the healing the way that you want to do it. I don't want the answer prayer the way that you want it to be answered. I want you to go, Elijah, and I'm not moving until you go because that's the only way that I will receive that, yes, this is from God. It's like, listen, once again, you don't have to pull at his at his heartstrings. You don't have to go ahead and make it more sentimental, you know, and, and give it more value the, to the point that you think that if I do it in this way, if I say it in this way, then this will surely get God moving. You don't have to beg God to do what God already intended to do. His response times has nothing to do with the sediments of how you pray it. Do you get that? The second thing I got is his response has nothing to do with how much he cares about you. Because Martha and Mary, oh, they just knew. If I go ahead and tell him that his friend is very sick, oh, he going to be he going to be on the next train smoking. I already know. But it had nothing to do with just his love for Lazarus. The Bible says in verse 5, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, let me go back. Let me see. Verse five, John 11, verse five. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was at for the next two days. Hold on. Uh, Mary and Martha thought for the love that you have for Lazarus, You'll be here sooner. Bible's like, nah, for the love that he has for the all three of y'all, he's going to get there in two days. So you mean to tell me that delaying when you are going to arrive has nothing to do with who you care about or how much you care about them? Correct. So, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. What does that tell us, grandbabies? He loved all three of them. What does that tell us, grandbabies? It still wasn't predicated on how he felt he needed to move in that moment for that lesson, for what God already intended. Because it literally says right before that verse, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it won't. It happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So ma'am, whether he, he goes ahead and gets on the mission now, whether he goes ahead and says, you know what, let me just go ahead and eat and let my food digest. Whether he waits a day, whether he waits two, whether he waits two weeks, he's already put out what the objective is. It's not going to end in death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God can receive some glory from this. So he can afford to wait two days, but it has nothing to do with his, for his love for Lazarus. As a matter of fact, he loves all three of y'all. I was like, Ooh, well then change my whole perspective. And the last thing that I got is when he answers you, his intention is also to allow others the opportunity to witness it so that they can believe on a larger scale. Literally. 
Just the fact that it says his sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. But what it really truly was is I got to get these disciples to believe in a different way. How do I know? Uh, Verse 14. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 15. Now, now for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. He's doing things. Can I just say it plainly? Okay. It's not about you. It's about him doing things that brings honor to God, that brings glory to the son of God. So that when he actually blesses you, with what you prayed or requested that other people through him blessing you believe on a bigger scale. It's one thing to be like, oh, Lazarus, get up real quick. Yeah, let me let me get you before you die. No, no, no. What you stinking, sir, with me waiting two days later and sending these disciples with me, all of this is so that everyone that's connected to this, anyone that can see this, anyone that actually reads this will get to a place that they like, man, God is real. I'm not even going to hold me. <laughs> He's doing some things in people's lives that I, I can't. If I'm honest, it encourages me for me to believe in my situation. One of the things that have truly been like groundbreaking in this season that I'm in is not necessarily looking up people who are going through similar seasons or seeing people's stories who kind of, you know, align to what I'm currently going through. It's more so looking at God do the miraculous in people's lives in a way that I'm like, oh, I'm watching people who literally were believing for God to have a baby for eight years. And I look on and mama is pregnant. You understand? It's like, oh, and so when you start seeing God get the glory on that and that literally they had to wait eight years, it's this particular influencer is a victorious or Vicky Logan and her husband Cameron Logan we literally watched them detailed for eight years of their marriage that like yo they were believing God for a baby and they wanted to be they didn't just believe God they wanted it in a way that they didn't get IVF they believed God for a natural conception So they had to go ahead and get their bodies together. And she found out she had some imbalances in her and she wanted to get back to optimum health. And, you know, she had her friends around her that they were going through the same situation, but they were getting their blessing through IVF. And so after a while, her husband literally admitted that his face started to wean. And he was like, maybe we're going to have to do. And she was like, no, I'm believing for God to do this naturally. And do you know? Not only did she get pregnant naturally, one of the things that she said is, God, why did you choose this time? Because they were in the middle of looking for a home. They were in the middle of like their finances not being like the best. And it's still like, yo, you don't get it. God had to do it at a time frame that it was like, look, I did this in the way that you asked me to do this. So I get to choose when I do it, even if it's two days later, Martha and Mary, I get to do this so that, you know what I started seeing under their comments when they finally shared the news, everybody was praising God. Come on and get that. Everybody was praising God. People get pregnant all the time. People have have oops babies. But the fact that this particular baby at this particular juncture in their lives, in this particular juncture of their marriage, everyone recognized, yo, 
This baby is a miracle, is a blessing. God is still in the blessing business, this, that, and the third. And you want to know a little caveat that I caught up on? A year prior to her announcing her being pregnant, that's when they were honestly transparent about their difficulty in, in having a baby in the first place. So I believe one of the vehicles that will forever be God's, just his platform is your ability to be transparent, your ability to be authentic, your ability to be real. Lord, I'm a little nervous about A, B, and C. And it looks like you've taken a long time. And it looks like you blessing me at times. And I'm like, yikes, but it does not matter. There's nothing that you're doing, nothing that you're not doing, nothing that you should have done, nothing that God's timing is God's timing. You have to just get to the place that you truly just receive that he, his ways are way above your ways, his methods and how he decides to do something. Although he's a consistent God, he doesn't do things the same way all the time. I'm sure maybe some of her friends were like, bro, we spent all this money on IVF and then here you are, you know, but you just got to receive. This is how God's story plays out in my life. This is how God's story plays out in your life. But if we're all getting to whatever it is that we ask of him, then that should just be the common denominator. God is still in the blessing business. And his response times is the best time, period. Do you understand? But listen, I feel like you got what you needed. I'm not even going to give no challenge because I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to you and what it is that you're supposed to do for your particular life. Stop looking at everybody else's. Stop looking at, well, in the Bible, the woman, you don't have, oh, what, that one time I saw the influence that you don't even have to reference that. But in my family, on that part, you don't have to reference anything outside of, God, I trust your time. And whatever time frame that you choose, it's the perfect time, whether I know it or not, because I can read in John 11 that even with you speaking plainly, we still was getting it wrong. Oh, let's go out there and die with him too. Bro, he just say he's, forget it. I just, I can't God, God bless him. God bless God. You understand? But again, I feel like you got what you needed. You know, what these conversations are right. They're life provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Okay. Listen, created the number two multiply. Go see about your girl on YouTube. It's not, a, it's, I'm, I'm not being aggressive. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you that that I'm doing something and I need you to go. Okay, good. And then created the number two multiply.com for all the things. That's all the things I need you to also check out the text and blogging community on Patreon, but that's under strive the letter N as in Nancy inspire. And listen to me, I'm going to use every piece of this fruit that God has given me. I'm going to use every bit of my encouragement oil and God is going to do what God does. And he's going to make it flourish when he decides to make it flourish at his perfect time. He don't have to do nothing sooner he don't have to operate on my timeline as a matter of fact I'm gonna go ahead and be honest with you right before we go I am a grandbaby that sets time frames for when I believe that something should happen I'm now entering a season that I have eliminated all time frames whenever God decides to do it it's a perfect time period I'm going built until it's finished knowest thou my mission on earth is to say yes and amen and to do whatever it is that he asked me to do without feeling like, oh, that's going to take too long. Oh, you want me to, he can do it however he wants to do it because he has the perfect time, period. He created time so that I would know when to wake up and when to eat. He didn't create time to be bound to it. And that's on pure, okay? That's between you and the Lord, how you want to go ahead and take that. But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We're going to talk later, okay? Pinky swear. <laughs> later.